Steel Curtain Network. Hey, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, one of the hosts of the Steelers Preview Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Dave Schofield and Brian Davis. What's up, Dave? How's it going? Hey, I'm I'm ready to go with some Steelers football just on the horizon. Just on the horizon, indeed. Brian Davis, what's up? Yeah, I don't want to wish our summer away, but oh, this is so glorious to say the training camp is so, so close. It's be it's actually a part of our summer. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, they report at the end of July, that's still summer. August is still summer. Most of September is still summer. So, I mean, I I think that the Steelers going to camp is kind of like uh it, it is summer for me. It's it's part of summer. I'm excited for this. It's less than 2 weeks. And uh before we really get into anything that's directly related to, you know, what's uh, coming up with training camp. And we'll talk about all those topics here in a second. I do want to give these guys an opportunity to uh, outline the excited thing that we're, we are really pumped up for. And that's happening on Saturday with the steel curtain network official website starting. And that is steel curtain Dave had a reminder on the Scobro show. I'll let him give that reminder to you about if you watch us on Facebook, what is going to have to happen here on out, but also Dave, Go ahead and give your thoughts about this transition just in general. Well, it, it's interesting because I've never written anything published other than at behindthesteelcurtain.com. So this is kind of this is kind of new for me. This is almost almost five exactly five years in. I'm it's so sometimes change is sad, but also really exciting whenever you're you're moving on to other stuff. And to me, this is a little bit more of we get to kind of do things the way we we think is the best way to do it and not have it, you know, told you have to run this type of article and not this type of article and things such as that nature. But when it comes to the podcast, we've been doing this on the podcast side since, I mean, my, my goodness, the, the name of the YouTube channel changed in. February and it February, was early March. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's ready to go. Now it's really important. Cause I, I said this on Scobro. If you are watching on Facebook live, or if you're watching live on Twitter, if you're doing it through the behind the steel curtain, Facebook page or, or Twitter account, You've got to go to SCN because starting on Saturday, that's where the podcast will be. They won't be going out through the BTSC stuff anymore starting on Saturday. So go look for Steel Curtain Network uh, on Facebook. Go to Steel C Network on Twitter. And you're right there. Won't miss a beat. For those of you on YouTube, it's a, no change on YouTube. No, we've been enough. rolling there on YouTube. And we've had these up on those Twitter and Facebook accounts since March, it's just we've also been out on the other ones as well. So you might already be there and, and watching there. So just remember that that's that's where you need to be. Yeah, and for the value of you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people are like, well, why would I follow the Steel Curtain Network if I'm getting everything behind the Steel Curtain as well? Well, that's not going to happen anymore. So all of our written articles are going to be only on our Steel Curtain Network Twitter feed. Uh, they will automatically populate there. You'll be able to see all of them, direct links to those. Um, our writers will obviously be sharing their links and retweeting stuff like that. But ultimately, you know, it's just it's just one extra step. I know that's one too many for a lot of people, but still, Brian, I want to get your thoughts on the whole transition and anything else you want to remind people about. 
You know, the one thing that we could always count on in life is that there's going to be change. And in our situation here, there's definitely change. And it hit us like a, uh, a bag of nickels back in January when we first found out that we needed to start shopping for a new home. And when we started shopping for that new home, we found out that we were capable of so much more. And we decided to not take our ball and go home. We decided to take our ball and build a new stadium. And that's exactly what we did. And I'm really proud of my affiliation with these two gentlemen here and what we have accomplished so far and what we're going to accomplish in the future. And when we were deciding exactly how we were going to do this, it was all with everybody that is listening to this and reading about us and in the live chat right now, it's all about you. It was to make sure not only were we finding a new home for us to go ahead and showcase our love for the Steelers, but it was a chance for you to all come along with us. And thank you so much for coming along with us. You know, the, uh, the place that you go to, that you've gone to for so many years, that I've gone to for eight years when I first met Jeff and got involved in this, well, it's going to, uh, it's going to look different. And there might be uh, there might be a, a new Jefferson, a new uh, stat geek, a new bad, but uh, and th that's all fine. But with us, we're just uh, we're like the show Mash. You know, Mash was Mobile Army Hospital, and they would just have to pick up and go. It looked the same though when you watched the show, even though they were in a new location because they moved locations. The tents looked the same. The swamp looked the same. The mess hall looked the same. They had the same sets, but it was just set somewhere different. So with that being said, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to access this situation where only I can do, and it's one word, Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch? Why are you saying Baywatch, bad? Um, I am picturing uh, you know, people running in the sand. That's not what I'm talking about. Dave, I like that. Look at Dave doing the slow motion <laughs> run right now. If you're on audio, you're missing Dave. I'm just glad he's not in a Speedo doing it. Now, the reason I'm saying Baywatch, not a lot of people know this. When Baywatch first came out, it was on NBC for one season, and it got canceled. Next thing you know, it's in syndication, and it's on all these different all these uh, different uh, local networks and all over the globe. And it became a sensation, an absolute sensation. So think about Baywatch. Not only your first home is going to be your, your forever home, sometimes it's your starter home. Now we are branching off into a much bigger home. We're really excited. And I'm going to say this. I'm sure Jeff and Dave will be fine with me speaking for them. Welcome to our new home. I just can't not picture Pamela Anderson running on beach right now. I mean, <laughs> well, I know Brian is, I know Brian's imagining Omar Khan. I say one more thing though. <laughs> sure. Brian, Brian said that you're lucky that I'm not wearing a speedo. Remember this, this only, this doesn't show from the waist down on, on here. So you may never know. <laughs> the show caught fire. I think you meant Pamela Anderson caught fire and that's what <laughs> happened to the show. Absolutely. But Hey, don't sleep on the Hoff though. Oh no, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. We're not getting into Baywatch. I do want to say something, Robert, uh, I'm gonna put this up on the screen. He said, remember to put your names to the article. So Robert, here's what you have to do. Um, the way that the site is set up. So if you go to steel when we start populating my, like new content there, 
Uh, I have some articles over there that were written for just the NFL so that people can kind of get their comments and get their self situated so they can comment on articles and give the thumbs up, thumbs down, all that stuff. Um, you will go to steelcurtainnetwork.com and you will see a list of articles and you underneath there, you'll see the names of who wrote those. Now, when you click on the article, when you go into the article, you don't necessarily see that, but you do on the main page. It's the same with the NFL feed. You can see when Kevin Smith wrote an article. If I wrote an article, Dave wrote an article. It doesn't matter who writes the article, but you'll see that on the main page. So there you go. Make sure you check us out. All right, let's talk about some Steelers football. We are less than two weeks away. Now, we will be talking about camp, training camp battles as we get closer. But I want to ask you, gentlemen, for this ramp-up period, is there any – I don't want to say a camp battle. I think, to me, a camp battle is between, like, two players, one roster spot, at least the way we view it. Uh, for me, I, I'm wondering what position groups are you looking forward to seeing offense, defense, special teams, doesn't matter, during training camp for whatever reason. Dave, I'll let you go first. All right. So now you so it doesn't have to be. Do you want me battle. to go first? Do you want me to go first as an example? I'll go ahead. Okay. What, what I'm. I think we got it. I want to see how how the roster fills out and who the Steelers are going to keep and everything on the defensive line. Mm, They've nice. got so many players, and I mean, even look at the nose tackle position. They can't keep more than two nose tackles. They might have three or four right now. There's a bunch of players vying just to make the roster with the Steelers. How many will they keep? Who's where? Which cream is going to rise to the top? And then who's going to go forward in that rotation this year? Okay, Brian, what about you? Well, I'm anxious to see a lot of things, but I really want to see what the wide receivers look like. That is a stable that. A lot of people have been saying, well, you know, it's you know lower tier of the National Football League. And I remember just a couple of years ago, maybe 2020, we were talking about this being quite possibly one of the best wide receiver stables. And it just didn't work out to what we thought they were going to look like. So don't look now, but just when you think it's not going to be good, the Steelers find a way to make it good. Don't look now, but just because Deontay Johnson had zero touchdowns last year doesn't mean that he isn't a major part of that stable. Don't look now, but everybody is talking about George Pickens and how he had a very disappointing rookie year with over 800 yards. And so, you know, I'm hearing those things and I just get excited about guys like this. Don't look now, but Allen Robinson is the kind of player that if you just get half of a thousand out of him and you get five touchdowns, but you're also getting the leadership out of him. And don't look now you have basically one more rookie that you did not expect to be having because Calvin Austin, the third is a rookie and he could be exciting. So not only is he not a rookie, but we think we feel like he's a rookie. But when I talked to him, he said, the great thing about me here." In my situation, yes, I didn't get to play. Yes, you did not get to see me play, but I went to every single meeting. I went to all these workouts. I was around, and I, I even traveled with the team at times. So I know the culture. I'm ready to go. So those are four guys right there, and not to mention the other players that I can't wait to see here. Man, you, you have guys coming in from the XFL. You have guys that we have already written off that were on the team last year. We You have a guy like Cody White that a lot of people are excited about who we've written off. So 
that's I want to see how the wide receiver stable shapes up the most. I'll tell you one position group that I think a lot of people aren't really discussing too much. And it's just because it's, it's just, you just need to round out the room. You're not talking about starters, even backups. It's running back. For me, you have, you have Najee Harris, you have Jalen Warren. There's no debate there. I don't think there's anyone on this planet that likes the Steelers. It follows a team that would say, yes, there's a debate between the, the top two running backs, but who is running back three. And this kind of bleeds into the special teams discussion. This is something I've talked about a lot on multiple podcasts that you think about in regards to special teams, where's the value? Who has that value? Now I had Jim Wexel on my let's ride podcast on Monday and Jim thought that maybe the Steelers would only roll with two and two running backs. And they might try to stash an Anthony McFarland on the practice squad and let Connor Hayward carry the ball. If they have to, I don't know if I'm buying into that per se, but at the same time, I look at this and say, well, if Anthony McFarland's only going to touch the ball on the offensive side of the ball, I don't know, maybe a maximum of four times in a game. What's he, what is he providing on special teams? Maybe not much. Therefore, what is his value on the team? What is his purpose on the roster? You, then you go to like Calvin Austin third. Someone Brian just mentioned, can he return kicks? Can he return punts? We hope so because that could actually play a role in how many wide receivers are kept. Running backs, I think Dave and I are due for an update on our 53-man <laughs> roster prediction. I'm actually kind of anxious to look at things again from a different lens. Uh, but I'm looking at running back three and seeing what the, what do they do there. Uh, Benny Snell still a free agent last I checked. Uh, but still, I'm not saying they bring him back. But how do they approach that? We'll see. Dave, do you have any comments about any of the uh, like Brian's or mine before we move on to the next round? Well, about yours, you kind of uh, – you. You, you stole your own thunder. I was going to try to steal your thunder, but you mm. you pulled it out yourself where I was going to quote one Jim Wexel from your podcast on Monday, which was, yeah. it was this Monday, right? Correct. Yeah, that which was fantastic, by the way. If you did not catch that, make sure you go back and Absolutely. get Monday's Let's Ride with, with, with Jeff where, where he interviewed Jim. And I thought that was a very intriguing idea. Now, to me, I feel that the Steelers are going to keep at least four running backs between the roster and the practice squad that that's what they're going to do. Uh, but that's – could they try to go with two in the practice squad? Yeah, I don't know. I would say, if anything, what could be maybe a little bit more likely than what Jim was proposing is if they don't offer special teams value at that third running back spot, they might be on the 53, but they might not get a helmet. That's a good point. That's another option that you could go with there and say, you know, if there's an emergency where both running backs went down and you have to hand the ball off to Connor Hayward or, you know, pass a lot or put him back there if you ever need to, maybe that's something that they would be ready to do. But that that's a good question because I, I really think that the point is if you don't have someone that's that far down the depth chart, that's not going to get the snaps on offense or contribute on special teams. They just can't get a helmet on game day. Yeah. Brian, anything to add about either Dave's or mine, either one? No, I, I feel completely safe with what you just said there. I agree wholeheartedly about it when we're looking at all of this, especially the roster, you know, Who's going to get that helmet on game day, especially when, like you said, you're looking at the running backs, you're looking at that situation. There might be somebody out of the blue, but as long as you're very strong at the top, then you're in good shape. Okay. Let, before we go around again and save any other position, I want to kind of change the question or the topic a little bit. And this is uh, based off of 
something that Cherry Richard just put in the uh, live chat. Dave, you could steal this if you wanted. <laughs> it referenced the preseason. It says, I need to see the inside linebacker room looking good in the preseason. We understand the preseason is not of any real significance for the majority of the roster. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you have all these players that their positions are safe, but then you have the fringe players. Is there a position group in general that, like in Sherry's case, the inside linebackers that you're like, I'm really looking forward to seeing this position group in the preseason. We've covered this team closely for long enough that you do know there is some value in the preseason for those players. Dave, is there any position that pops off? And it could be the one that was mentioned there in the comment. That's fine. That's your low hanging fruit. fruit. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, what about you? Is there anything in, in the preseason play that you're looking forward to? That's that is the obvious one because it is so unknown because they redid the whole room outside of Mark Robinson, who they're still not thinking is going to be a major primary contributor this season. Yeah. So that is one that you want to see. Now they've already seen some, we just haven't seen it as much. So that's why we as fans want to see that in the preseason at inside linebacker. There's a there's a bunch of stuff that you want to see. And remember, preseason games are not for victories. They are to go out there and see what you have and what you can do with certain things. So I would love to see the inside linebackers get lots and lots of work. But at the same time, if they're doing so well that they're constantly forcing punts after three plays, then it is what it is. That's true. Brian, what about you in terms of preseason plays or any position group or player individually that you're looking to see? There absolutely is a position group, but I'd like to address something Dave just said, and I agree with him wholeheartedly oh, good. about <laughs> that it's not about wins, but there is a very big but here. And when you saw what Kenny Pickett and Jalen Warren and down the stretch in that Seattle game, that first preseason game, and how they were able to pull out that game. And also also the touchdown to a receiver that I forget his name oh, every year. Gosh, He's well, Tyler Vaughn. There it is. Tyler Vaughn. I always forget his name, and I hate that I do that. But when you see how they won that game, you had to feel good that this Steeler team could run a two-minute drill, and especially with Kenny Pickett, your, your future there. So that was one of the most – Actually, for me, one of the most important preseason wins of all time, just to see that you had hope. And when we watch these games, we're looking for hope, especially from those rookies. So where I'm looking at here are corners, because you have mm. questions at corner all the way around. Is Patrick Peterson past his prime? That's a question that we want to see a little bit of it in preseason. Are the two rookies... Are they viable? Are they are they the future that we believe that they're going to be? Should have jo should Joey Porter have been a number one draft pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers instead of Broderick Jones? We're glad that this happened. And hey, look, don't go in on that and say, oh, he definitely should. I'm just saying he thought he should have been a number one pick. Now he has a chip on his shoulder. That's a good thing. But will he play like a number one pick in that number 32 spot? Now. Same thing with a guy like Corey Trice. He thought he should have been a number four pick, a number three pick. He went seven. Is he undervalued in the draft? Is he the real future or are these two guys just darlings to us? You know, we, we see that shiny new toy when they're drafted and we get all excited and we write 
but how they're fu- the future. But it doesn't mean anything until they get into pads and real pants, not shorts, real pants. And those games do count for these guys to see how it's going to shape up. One more guy I want to mention here is Levi Wallace, a forgotten man. I don't think he is. So I really like how this is going to shape up. And we're going to see a lot from this cornerback position. And it's going to foreshadow a lot of things for us when they go ahead and suit up in those preseason games. So that's what I'm excited to see. Let me ask you all a question. And this is intriguing to me. And I, I always think about things that really maybe don't matter until they do. How much, how do you think Mike Tomlin will play the quarterbacks in this three game preseason with Kenny Pickett going into year two, Dave, what are your thoughts? That is a fantastic question. I think we'll get a little bit more of an idea of that as the time gets closer, but I I mean, there's no reason to not to, to question who's going to start the game in the preseason outside of them saying, we're going to sit Kenny Pickett. So unless they say they're going to set him, he's going to start every game. The only question is what, how long is he going to play? I I think he's going – he's not obviously not getting the Ben Roethlisberger treatment. So, sorry, I don't know if you guys heard that. We got a huge thunderstorm rolling through here, and I just had a massive rumble here. <laughs> <laughs> so if I cut out, it's because I lose power. Um, so – He's not going to do that where he's only going to play one game. He's going to play in every game. Can he pick it? In my opinion, I mean, they could say, hey, we've seen all we have. We're going to rest him. But I still think that third preseason game is is still treated like the third preseason game when they had four. I, I don't think that they that that's where they rest everyone because that's what they did last year. They, they, they played their starters the longest. I mean, at the same time, you had T.J. Watt getting – Get get knocked down against Detroit, uh, which was which you don't want to see, but I don't think they're going to go on and play him unusually long, long or unusually short. I would say the best bet is look at what Mitch Trubisky did last year, and Kenny Pig is probably going to get the same thing, and that's probably my the, the best bet. I would say. All right, Brian, what about you? What do you think about quarterback play in the preseason? With Kenny Pickett, all you're looking for right now out of him is some continuity and being on the same page with his starting receivers. And maybe a guy like Hakeem Butler, maybe a guy like Calvin Austin the third, just to you know have them hook up and be able to do that in real game situations. That might that might help. But that's really all you need out of Kenny Pickett. So with Kenny, less is more, but Dave's right. He's gotta be in there. You uh, because you don't. I I hated the Ben Roethlisberger treatment towards the last five or six years because there was a lot of rust to be shaken off with Ben in those first couple of games, and I didn't. I I never liked that. But there's always that risk. If you play Kenny too much, you're risking him getting hurt, like Dave said with with TJ Watt last year. So you look at all those things. As far as the other quarterbacks go, I want to see your fourth guy get some action to see if he could possibly uh be a guy on the practice squad that eventually takes over for a Mason Rudolph or a Mitch Trubisky because we all know that those guys they're back for this year but they're probably back for one year at least one of them is definitely back for one year and that's it 
So you also want to see what else is out there, but those guys need their reps too. Does it matter who number two and number three is? Not really. What will matter is if that you know that uh, they are capable and ready to come in at any time. So with all of these quarterbacks, the first three at least, these are the guys that just need to get work, but they don't really need to show anything like in past years, show enough of anything in past years. I think that what Dave said in regards to if you take Trubisky last year and flip it with Kenny Pickett, that's probably what you're going to get. I want to say that it was like, what's up, Dave? No, no. I was just going to say to also add on to that, I think you're right. I don't know that I want to see Kenny Pickett out there playing without the first team offensive line. Yeah, because it's not Bottom a competition. Line. It's not a yeah. competition. You know no. who your starter is. Keep, so. keep him as upright as possible. Yeah. So don't mess around and have him out there with anything other than than the quote unquote starters. Cause I know sometimes you might rest somebody and have them not play in the game if they're dinged up or something, but keep him out there with the number one offensive line group, I think is the most important thing. Yeah. I think that this is something that I said it on a podcast probably last week. I felt like I did a hundred and, uh, <laughs> It, this no, was, was from, only 98. <laughs> this was from our, our Minnesota Vikings coverage, David Stefano. He said that the new coach there, it's what O'Connell or something like that. I don't know. Kevin he, O'Connell, I think. Kevin O'Connell, yeah. He's an offensive minded coach. What he did, and he said that it was a really controversial before they did it, but it, they, everyone loved it afterwards, was that Vikings have a joint practice or two with another NFL team. That's when their starters get the most work. Why? It's a more controlled environment. You can run specific plays against specific packages. The defenders know, don't touch the quarterbacks. And then in the preseason, they used it only for the players that were needing the work in the stadium. He said that everyone criticized it at first, but they afterwards are like, this is actually really smart. And so the Steelers don't do joint practices. They haven't in a long time. I remember they did one against Buffalo. I one against Detroit at one time. Haven't done those in a long time, but that, that was kind of outside the box thinking, in my opinion, uh, as it pertains to how do you handle your starters? It wasn't that Kirk Cousins didn't play in the preseason. It was very, very little because all his work came in these joint practices. So an interesting take there uh, from someone else in the NFL and how they handle situation. So, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break uh, and you're on the audio side. You're going to hear a word or two from our sponsors. If you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, or on Twitter, stay tuned. We'll be right back after really nothing. All right, Steelers fans, we're back and we're in the second half of the show. The Steelers preview. We are getting you ramped up for training camp. And with the second half of these shows in the summer, when there's not a lot of news, I do have a question before we get to trivia and I'm going to throw it to Dave first, not only because that's the order I've been going all show, but also because he's the numbers guy. He's the stats guy, Dave, what the heck is holding up this Joey Porter jr. Uh, rookie contract. You wrote the article. I remember saying it's not a big deal, but what do you think's holding it up? That's what I'm curious about. My question is this, because I haven't, I've been so busy with everything with steel crit network, um, with the, you know, getting ready to do that, has Will Levis signed? That I don't know. I don't think he has. I can, look, I can try to look it up. Quick. That's pick number thirty-three. And my thing is, there's there's no reason if for for Joey Porter to 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 say, hey, if the if the number thirty-three pick is a quarterback, if they treated him like this, 
I'm I'm drafted in a spot where typically it would have been the first round, but it's not. So why should I take less than the quarterback? You know, have any less considerations? It's not really about the money, especially right off, right off the bat. Most of that's outlined, but it's just how much of it's guaranteed. This that, other thing, and if if he's not missing any time right now, and Levis still hasn't signed, there's there's really no incentive at this point to say, oh yeah, let's go ahead and hurry up, unless the Steelers give him uh, everything that he asked. According to Sports Illustrated, as of June 29th, so that's a little dated in terms of NFL yeah. news. He was the only Titans draft pick that remains unsigned. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I haven't seen anything more recent than that. Uh, but still, as of that, it has not. Some people in the live chat are saying that he has not been signed either. Brian, do you think Joey Porter Sr. has anything to do with this? I, I actually don't. I I think this is. Uh just really to see I, I like the Levis thing. I, I like exactly what you said there. I like the fact that I, I don't think this is that big of a deal, but I, I think it's just posturing. But at the end of the day, they're just going to come in and, and do what they need to do. Yeah. I just don't know if his agent saying, Hey, it was a 32nd pick and the Steelers are like, yeah, that was in the second round, but it was a 32nd pick, but that was in the second. I mean, you can't change the numbers, but you talk about guarantees. You talk about signing bonuses. Those are things that can fluctuate. Keanu Benton gets that partially guaranteed third year or something like that. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely brings in these different intangible, I guess they are tangible, but they, these different factors, I should say, as it pertains to these rookie negotiations, it's just really weird that it was a, it's a second round draft pick, your second pick when the first round pick and every other pick is signed, that he remains unsigned. So we'll see. We'll see exactly uh, how that plays out. Uh, Brian, do you have trivia today? Yes, I do. I have a really interesting one today. Right. Let's do it. And so we always talk about the greatest draft in Pittsburgh Steelers history being 1974. And one of those men that was not drafted, but came out of that 1974 a rookie class was Donnie Shell. And I'm not talking about Donnie Shell in this trivia question whatsoever. But I am going to ask this question. What player had the most career interceptions for the, not for the Steelers, but career interceptions all time in their career in that 1974 draft? Was Blunt? Blunt wasn't in that draft class. Blunt um, was 1970. No, who was the other? Interceptions. You said just for any team, but was well drafted by the Steelers. Though, drafted right? by the Steelers in that epic draft. Rap, I can't think of his name in the 74 draft. Who had the um, most interceptions? Was that would would it have been Jimmy Allen? He's it the guy be. between Stallworth and Webster. It would be Jimmy Allen. Okay. And here's an interesting thing about Jimmy Allen. He had. 31 career interceptions, 24 for Detroit, seven for the Steelers. He was a very good player as a defensive back. And the guy that stayed with the Steelers the entire time, Jack Lambert, had 24 career interceptions. So I was trying to throw a little bit of a swerve because a lot of people would would have thought Donnie Shell, but he wasn't drafted. And it was Jimmy Allen. And I'd like you to go ahead and look up Jimmy Allen if you do get a chance, because we always talk about how four out of those first five players went to the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Allen had 
a very good NFL career. It just wasn't all in Pittsburgh. Yeah, very good. I mean, and, and relative to those drafted around him by the same team is is the other thing that you think of it. But we've talked about him enough and mentioned him enough because he's that other guy is why I remember his name. Yes, and and we're seeing in the live chat uh, how many interceptions Donnie Shell had. Yes, I mean, he had a lot. He did have 51, but he was not drafted, but he did. He was in that rookie class. The funny thing is all those interceptions by Donnie Shell. when I think of him, I only think of one play, and that is him breaking the ribs of Houston Oiler running back. Um, oh, my gosh. What's his name? Number just, 34, Earl the Pearl, Pearl Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, Campbell. Earl Campbell. When and it's, it, it was a hard hit, but Earl got spun around before uh, Shell, like, hit him so it wasn't as if he was expecting the hit but that's what i think of i don't think of interceptions by donnie shell that's what i think of is that hit but you, i've you seen know, it a lot one thing about donnie shell it's funny there are certain players when tony defio and i would do the steelers retro show there are certain players that always had big plays in those big games donnie shell was definitely one of them jim there smith was actually another one the wide receiver you always think of those other wide receivers, but there were certain guys that in big games, they always showed up. Donnie Shell was that guy. There you go. All right, Dave, do you have trivia? Yes, I do, but I, I, I'm going to follow up with someone, Brian. What was Jimmy Allen's nickname? Jimmy Allen's nickname, Spider-Man. That's correct. Nickname Spider-Man. Now, not only that, I'm going to mm-hmm. What? He did this for the Detroit Lions, and he was the lead singer for they decided to do their own song. They took their own pop song and did their own version of it, and he was the lead singer for the Lions in a song that they adopted in 1980 as their theme song. They were actually a pretty decent team. They were a playoff team in 1980, I believe. What song was that, Jeff? I know what it is, so I'm going to let you know. I know you know what it is. In 1980? Yes, and if you if you would have read the more you know the other day you'd know this. I can't say I I, re- I remember that part of it. Um, no, I have no clue. I, I actually put I the YouTube video of Jimmy <laughs> Allen and the Detroit Lions singing. Dude, another do, one do, bites do, the dust. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Come on. down in his head. All right, now. Um, how did Jimmy Allen end up with the Detroit Lions? He was traded. Yes. I can't figure out who was, who all was in the trade. It, there were some bizarre trades in the, in the, yeah, he 70s. was one of, he was traded that off season. Um, Ernie Frank Holmes Lewis. was traded. Um, Glenn Edwards was traded because I'm trying to find information on Jim Clack was traded. Frank um, Lewis was one of those guys mm-hmm. that became, he was traded for a player that failed his physical and they sent him back to Buffalo and they ended up getting nothing for Frank Lewis who went on to the, the pro bowl. Yeah. His, the Allen, it was contract issues. Oh, it was. Uh, okay. Yeah. He said he, he, he did a play me or trade me ultimatum. <laughs> you, um, you, you do not do that to Chuck Knoll. Yeah. And he, he was traded. Uh, let's see. A bunch of those guys were traded for a fourth round draft pick. So, yeah, that's pretty crazy. All right, that's that's enough for the of, of of the Jimmy Allen talk. Also, Jeff, I was able to find that according to Spotrac, 
that Will Levis has not signed. No, good. So, but neither has uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. They haven't signed either. According to Spotrac, they have not. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, but remember, the money in these contracts really isn't up for debate. It's locked. It's locked in. It's just yeah. But uh, signing bonuses yeah. and language like guaranteed money is. Yes, absolutely. 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 So, yep. So, all right. I have a trivia here because, uh, Jeff, you should know what this is going to (laughs) be. You probably already heard the question. Um, because I talked about it a little bit on stat geek. I said, well, I, I could do, um, do Jeff a favor and let him know what the question is here. So he could look it up. I'm like, he's not going to take the time to look it up, but I was doing various things. For, for the show, if you listen to it this morning, I was supposed to try to find, is there is there a statistical tipping point whenever the team, you know, if they do this, then it's very likely they're going to have a victory. So I did some stuff. There were some that were pretty definite, but it, yeah, it's a number, but at the same time, you could say, oh, well, if you've rushed the ball so many times or for so many yards, that doesn't mean that when you're down by a bunch, if you just start rushing it a bunch to hit that number that you're going to win. It's all about in how you play the game. But one of the things that I found interesting is I did this over the last five years, and the Steelers did not have a game where they surrendered 30 points or more where they where they lost or sorry, where they won the game, where they surrendered that many points and yet won the game. They've, they obviously surrendered over 30 points and lost the game, but they didn't have any any games in the last five years where they surrendered 30 points or more and won the game. So I decided to look back and say, all right, let's find some games. See, to me, those are what you would call a shootout. Both teams going over 30 points, that's, that's really a, a shootout game. How many games have the Steelers won in their franchise history while giving up more than 30, or 30 points or more. So franchise history, not merger. Franchise history. Oh, gosh. I mean, this is just a shot in the dark. It's not like, but there'll be other questions along the way that, that, that I'm sure there are. Remember. Um, I'm going to say it's on the low end. I'll say that they won. I'm going to go with 25 games. I'm okay. sure that's way off. I am going to go 19, and I could actually name two of them right off the top of my head. Well, you could come pull the $100 out of my pocket, Brian Anthony Davis, because that's exactly right. You're, you are kidding me. No, 19, 19, he got it right. Games. He got it spot on, oh 19 games overall. Now, two of them were before the merger. The first one was in 1962 when the Steelers uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings 39 to 31. Then they had a 19 game in 1966 where they won uh, in Atlanta, 57 to 33. Those are not normally the kind, I mean, my goodness, you give up over 30 points, but you win by more than three scores. Yikes. That's crazy. Then there wasn't any until later in the seventies. Brian, would you have some games that you would like to name? that you can say for sure that the Steelers won while still giving up more than 30 or 30 or more points. 2009. 2009. Steelers versus Packers. Yes. Do you remember the score of that game? Uh, was it 39 to 35 or gosh, uh, 
I, no, I do not. 2009, it was 37 to 36. Okay, there you go. And here's one that I was at. Mm -hmm. And it's, I believe it was, I'm going to say 2014, but it was the first of two weeks in a row where Ben Roethlisberger had six touchdown passes. It was against the Colts. They won, my gosh, was it 51 to 34? That is the exact score. That is correct. Okay. I will give you another one that pops in my head. Um, I'm going to go with 39 to 38. It was the week after Ryan Shazier went down. So I'm going to say it was December 10th of 2017. And I, I think 39 to 38 over the Ravens. That is correct, because that actually answers what would have been my next question. What's the most points the Steelers have ever surrendered in franchise history and still won the game? That is the answer, because that is also the last time the Steelers gave up more than 30 points and won the game was in that one. Um, Let me give you one more. Can I give you one more? Hold on, just say yes. I want to give you the, but I would ask Jeff if, if you have any memories of that game. Which game? The 39-38 win over the Ravens In the week year? after Shazier got hurt. Oh, man. That, that 2017. Time, that time frame was a blur. Uh, TJ, I know, came up big. Mm -hmm. I don't remember much about that game. Yeah, the Steelers were down – or sorry, were up 14 to nothing early in the second quarter. Uh, but they were down – Let's see. They 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 cut the lead. They were down. What was that? Nine points when they scored a touchdown with three and a half minutes left, and then they were also able to kick a field goal at the end. They had a um, running back. The Ravens had a running back that went off in that game. They got him from Seattle, I think, and I can't remember his name. Javorius Allen, Buck Allen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, yeah, that, well, and Alex, um, Alex Collins also had, that's who I was thinking of because Allen had two touchdowns. Collins had one. Um, then, then you're dealing with, let me look at the yardage that they, that they had rushing. Oh yeah. Collins is the one that had 120 yards. Allen only had 25, but yeah, he had 120 yards on 18 carries, um, and a touchdown. But, uh, but for the Steelers, it was. It was Ben Roethlisberger throwing for 506 yards, and I mean they the Steelers they barely rushed the ball because they were down so much. Le'Veon Bell only had 48 rushing yards, but he had two touchdowns. Uh, Roosevelt Knicks caught a touchdown in that yep. game. It was, um, a, it was I think he got a two point conversion too. Um, let's see, no they somebody got well, a two point. No, when he went for that when when they scored on that they went for a two point conversion and failed. Okay. They did not get the conversion because they that's made it 31 to 29, and then that's how they had to do other things. So Crazy. just wondering if Jeff had much memory of that game. You said you have another one that they scored over 30 points and yeah, and, and I, won or gave up go, 30 points. I'm gonna go seven, 1979. I'm gonna go with it was against the Browns in Cleveland. It was right around Halloween because they were Lynn Swan was wearing a pirates um pirates hat and a, like a pirates jacket on the sideline mm -hmm. um because it was during the world series i'm gonna say 51 to 35 it was 51 to 35 it was a little bit earlier in october it was october 7th okay but that happened twice that year against the Browns because against the Browns at home that same year in, in November, I, I'm pretty sure that would be right before Thanksgiving. Cause it was the 25th. 
they beat them 33 to 30 in overtime at home. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's true. And that was at home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they You're, had some battles with the Browns. Yeah. They, uh, well, they also did uh, once again with the Browns in 1977 at home, they won 35 to 31, but there's another 35 to 31 score that's in there that I'm surprised you didn't, of course. You didn't remember Brian. It was, it was actually happened in 1979, but not the 1979 yeah. season. Jeff, I'll, I'll I'll let you go ahead and take this one. I, th- I think <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not even paying attention. Is what no, no say. clue. Just tell me when it's time for me to talk again. Go ahead. <laughs> it, was, it was Super Bowl 13, Jeff. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they beat the when they beat the Cowboys. I don't even know what you're talking about. I was checking Twitter and stuff. <laughs> Seattle has two losses. Then, then <laughs> Jeff, I'm I feel bad for you. You need to go back and listen to the brilliance that Dave and I just spouted out. Yeah. So and so there was other games that they had in there where they gave up. There was a, a game in Houston in 1988. They won 37 to 34. Uh, they won in Chicago. Then there was a break again until 95. Bat not back to back weeks. Two weeks apart in 95. In Chicago, 37-34 and overtime. And I know the other one, Cincinnati. Cincinnati was the 49-31. to 31 We have retro shows on both of those. Yep. Um, the, uh, 97, there was, there was the 42-34 in Baltimore. Um, then there was another one at home against Baltimore in 2002. Uh, man, Cleveland's on here a lot. Cleveland, Cleveland is on here a lot. But if you look at those opponents, you've got – You've got Cleveland on here four times. Oh, the You've wild got, card game in the snow. Well, um, I don't. Did, did I? Did, I don't yeah, even know that I had the wild card there. game. Um, I, this might have just been regular season when I looked at it. Okay. Uh, no, this was with the postseason. I thought I did it with both, um, but I don't remember seeing any, um, any any postseason games. Jeff loves but, that game. Yeah. Jeff's, Jeff's a big fan of that. Uh, Fuumatu Malafala in the snow. Yeah, Kelly um, Holcomb. Kelly yeah. Holcomb was the quarterback for the Browns. Dennis Northcutt, if he catches that pass in the fourth quarter, it's over. I think that was thirty-three to thirty, something like that. Two thousand and two. It was the first season of uh, Heinz Field. This is so yeah. technically in two thousand and two, I believe. No, it was two thousand two season. So it was okay, actually so two thousand three because that was Tommy Maddox. Yes. And who was that against? You said it was Cleveland. Cleveland. That was a thirty-six thirty-three. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I messed it up because they called it game one, but week eighteen, because it was in the playoffs. So it was week. It was game one of the playoffs. So, yeah. Uh, and the only other thing I was going to say there was there's one NFC team that that they've done that, that they did twice where they where they gave up thirty points and still won. We already mentioned one of them, um, but we've we've done this long enough. The other one, uh, it it happened uh, twice against Green Bay in two thousand nine and two thousand thirteen. Where they won 38 31 in Green Bay. But when you look at these, when the Steelers give up 30 points, they don't, I mean, that's only 19 wins in franchise history. They are not a quote unquote shootout team uh, for the most part, but maybe that can change going forward. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's like, don't come. I'm sorry, like, Jeff. I didn't mean to hijack the show. I just got excited. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I'm, that's fine. That's, yeah, because you know what? Cup of tea. Most of these games we did retro shows on. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why Brian's. Even the Houston one in 1988, we did one on that one. Well, because they're wins and they're and they're exciting because there's lots of scoring. 
That's what see, like Jeff, Jeff still hasn't woke up from the from the Super Bowl. What was it between the Rams and the Patriots that was 13 oh, to 9? Well, that was horrible. That was bad. It was good football, but not what people wanted to there, see. There can be a happy median between a low scoring game and then a shootout. There can be a a yeah. wow that had everything. It had defense, it had offense. Like that that does exist. We we, we saw what on Christmas Eve last year. Yeah. I mean, that was a 13 to 10 game. Yeah. And yet that was yeah. exciting. It was pretty slow moving at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, part of the reason it was exciting it's is because you're also trying to, it was cold and, and the excitement of the next day and yes. trying to get stuff done while watching the football game. And yeah. All right. This is good. Uh, let's do, let's just do some final thoughts and wrap this up. Uh, we'll let Brian go first. Brian, go into your final thoughts. All right. Once again, you know, we are talking about, we're talking about moving. I remember in 1993 in Johnstown, PA, when Hills Department Store moved to where the, the old mall was. They had even bigger location and everyone was like, ah, Hills is, uh, Hills is moving. But hey, at least the, the, uh, the greatest snack bar ever, which was Hills Department Store, is still going to remain. So they uh, promised, hey, it's going to be this, the same hills that you know and love. Well, you know what? We are moving. You're going to find us on a different website. It's going to be Fans First Sports Network. It's going to be the Steel Curtain Network. We are moving. But I'm not going to promise that we're going to be the same because we expect to be even better. We expect to give you even more than what you have experienced before. And it's going to be exciting. Change is good. If you do it right, change is better if you try to reach for the stars. So here at Steel Curtain Network, I'm going to speak for all of us. We're going to keep our feet on the ground, but we're going to keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Ah, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's Kevin Smith's line now that he says everywhere. Yeah. Come on, you gotta... he, I think you have a gun to his head when he's <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, your final thoughts. Go ahead. My final thoughts is I also want people to understand this transition's already happened on the podcast side. For those of you that are here live with us, uh, unless it's through the BTSC Facebook account, you got to go to the other one or the, the SCN account. Nothing's really going to change here. We're, we're, you're not going to see it. But for those of you that also follow with the written word, that's where it's, you're going. You're going to see everything. New location, new look. Going to probably have some growing pains, but uh, come grow with us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I thank you both for the uh, time this evening. Thank everyone that's watching live in the live chat, wherever you're watching. And uh, we will be back next week for another episode of the Steelers preview. Dave, why don't you send us out like you always do? Hey. See you next week. Take it easy, everyone. Everybody else gets a little tight.